It's time for the Diamond in the Rough podcast with your hosts, Dan Collins. I'm not on Tinder. No time for kindness. And Sam Ostrowski. Go check Dan out. Find his pictures. Creep on him a little bit. Diamond in the Rough podcast, episode seven. Dan Collins, Sam Ostrowski, your co-pilots, taking you along for the ride. If you are wondering why this episode is coming out what seems to be a little late, then you are the perfect type of Diamond the Rough listener for us because you have figured it out. This is going to be a day later than usual in terms of publish time. Typically, we like to come out every single Monday for everybody who loves to listen in. This time around, Sam, not the case. No, no, not at all. But Well, we're only a day late. Is that really that bad? You never want to be a day late and a dollar short. I guess eh, that's fair. There was good enough reason, and I thank Sam for being so flexible with doing this show. I got sick, was hit with a heavy, heavy head cold, so I apologize ahead of time. Luckily, these these microphones we have, these wonderful Yeti microphones, there is a cough button. Oh, is there? I actually didn't know that. It's not a cough button. It's a mute button. Oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, It's the same job. I can turn my microphone on. Although we're sitting pretty close to each other, as we always do, so... uh That's how we like it. I'm wondering if I mute mine and cough, it's probably still going to pick it up. But yes, I was sick. Hate being sick. The best part about being sick is when you're not sick anymore, and you feel healthy again, and it's spectacular. Just hope I don't go coughing up a lung during this broadcast. Ah, you're fine. Yeah, well, definitely don't do that. Well, meanwhile, while you were sick, I was just telling you before we started... I hit myself in the face with a weight. How do you do that? Well, okay. You want the quick story really quick? Yes, we have All plenty right. of time. Okay, we got plenty we of time. We might even extend this so I was into working... a little longer of a podcast yeah, just yeah. because of it. I was working on one of those dumbbells that you have to actually put the weight on then lock it on. You know, one of those self-made ones that you work out with Self-made dumbbell? But, uh, well, it wasn't actually self-made, but you know what I mean. You have to actually put the weights on. You have to lock it on. It doesn't just come, you know, at 15, 20. You have to... Actually throw them on. Oh, you have to like set the weight. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing that. You could tell I've worked out before. Yeah. (laughs) And as I was setting it up, I I locked it. Well, what I thought was locked. And so I put it on and twisted. I thought I felt a little lock on there. And then, of course, out of all the workouts I do, that I literally hold a weight in front of my face. I was laying down on my back, holding it above my head because I was doing this little stupid ab workout because I think I'm like in shape and I'm actually not and then as I was bringing it up and right when it got in front of my face boom right in the half unlocked went straight on my face and I got a nice shiner on uh, my forehead and my nose I didn't even notice until you pointed it out before we started the show yeah by the way I hit myself in the face so that is why we are coming at you a day late and a dollar short also had a birthday party celebration well it's the same thing a birthday party is a celebration For my girlfriend's now two-year-old son. And you know what I noticed? So check this out. I noticed this, Sam. There was really no theme to the birthday party. When he turned one last year, there was a Mickey Mouse theme. There always has to be a theme. What do you mean there's no theme? Well, okay, so balloon-wise, there were baby blue and white balloons. And there were also, there was a big, he's getting into Star Wars and Batman. Oh. And this is why I want want to bring this up because I've noticed something, Sam. I think this is going to make for good conversation. There was a big Darth Vader balloon and a Batman balloon. And I was thinking about something. I'm 25, pushing 26 years old. He's two years old. And I remember when I was growing up at four, five, six years old, and my mother would throw me a birthday party, I would have Star Wars or Batman. And then I remember them telling me, 
oh yeah, Star Wars. Uh, when we were growing up, when my uh, you know my dad would say, I remember seeing Star Wars when it came out, and I I love Batman too. So I'm looking at just the little somewhat multiple themes around his party, and not only is it the same stuff that I used to have, it's the same stuff my dad used to have. So are we going anywhere in life in terms of birthday party themes or celebration? We just went to the movies today to celebrate a little more, and it was the Batman Lego movie. Was that any good, by the way? It was terrible. What? I heard it was great. No, no, no. Really? Yeah, it wasn't that good. Huh. There's something on On Demand. If you have Comcast Xfinity, there's like a 24, 25-minute Batman Lego. I don't know if it's a movie or TV show. That's good. That was that's why we took him there in the first place because he liked that. Whatever it is on on demand, he enjoyed it. Then we go to the show to watch an hour and a half worth of it, and it was awful. Wow, well, you know, I, I heard a lot of a lot of the opposite reviews. Did of that. you really? I heard it was great. Oh, well, they didn't know what they're talking about. But I just thought that was weird that here I am sitting down celebrating a two year old's birthday, and he has Batman balloons. I had Batman balloons. You know My what? dad had Batman balloons. My dad's like old you'll like this one i actually was just going through old pictures and i had a spider-man slash batman party when i was eight maybe yeah but we are evolving because when i was six years old we went through all of them i had a blues clues party and let me tell you that was probably the best birthday party i ever had that was the shit wow yeah we had those clues blue with oh man it was it was an unbelievable birthday party some of the stuff dies out but some of them stays the same i can honestly say 20 years from now some little kid might be having a birthday a batman birthday theme party or something but he might not be having a blues clues party no that's true you know so i've i've evolved from the blues clues but i do still like spider-man and batman so i guess that's uh you know a 50 50 answer for you yes and no spider-man and batman as well yeah well spider-man i you know this uh if we're gonna go there spider-man is the best superhero no 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 no. you know maybe not the most popular opinion batman this is definitely a conversation not only for a different podcast but for a different day i don't that's (laughs) spider-man absolutely not it would be batman but there was right, baseball we, we won't, news. We won't go. We, there was, there baseball, was baseball news. news. We'll stick to that. Yes. Well, this baseball news, I mean, I actually rather be talking Batman and comic books as far as I'm concerned. But we do have to go around the league. There were some trades around made. Around the diamond. Around the diamond. I say, you, I, you, you messed up our own segment, man. It, I And as a matter of fact, I named the segment. You did name the I segment. I named this segment you that did. I messed around all the time. So we're going around the diamond. We are going around the diamond. All right. Well, Sam, take us around the diamond. You want to talk about this Reds trade, and it needs to be talked about. After that, I got to get the Kleenex out so Sam can blow his nose and cry about Al- – well, you won't be able to blow your nose. It's swollen and huge right now because you dropped away on yourself. But you're going to want to cry about Alex Reyes. But going around the diamond, let's just start at first base. This Reds trade with Brandon Phillips, who's about 100 years old. 35 to be exact. He, I know. Close to 100. Yeah, he's 35 years old. But the Braves acquired some arms. You know, we'll you know uh, we'll we'll keep this pretty pretty brief actually, just because this trade not, is boring. It's it's a little more. It is a little boring. But let's start with this. Brandon Phillips finally accepts a trade. He's been the Reds have been trying to get rid of him, and he keeps he, you know he has that no trade clause or the ten years and five with the same team. Uh, and he keeps just pushing him away. He loved being in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati loved him. He was there forever, man. He was. You know what? A Gold Glove winner, year in and year out, and a decent at bat he was a fan favorite to say the least and atlanta's gonna like having him mainly because he's gonna be that guy who's gonna be able to help those young stars the dansby swansons of the world i was about to say before you get into the younger guys the the two hurlers the the ones that are more of the type of individuals that we should focus on here on this quote-unquote prospect podcast think about that potential 
double play combo of Brandon Phillips and Dansby Swanson. Yeah, that'll be fun to over watch there in for Atlanta. maybe a season. Yeah, perhaps, but that'd be pretty darn cool. And I don't know if you heard this as well. The Reds, they want to get rid of him so bad that he's owed $14 million in 2017. They are going to eat 13 Oh, man. 13 And the Braves are paying just a mere $1 million to have Brandon Phillips. And he gets to go home. He's actually, you know, that's his hometown, uh, Atlanta. So, and he gets all to the go home. The players play. You know, that's that's probably one of the biggest reasons why he actually accepted this one. Because I know the D-backs try to get him. Uh, so I, the Reds paid thirteen million dollars for two pitchers, essentially. Basically, and I'm glad he got there because that's what we're going to get into. That's what we're here for. We're here to tell you, Cincinnati fans, who the hell did you receive? And Dan, I'm not going to lie to you. When I first heard these names, I sat there and I said, I have no idea. You who don't know who are. the left-handed pitching Andrew McCurran is? I oh, Andrew McCurran. 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 Yeah, he, he debuted in uh, last season, and you know nothing special. He's a middle reliever, fifth, sixth inning kind of guy who's going to come two in. Two Tommy John surgeries. Two Tommy John that's surgeries. Sweet. He's 27. That's two more than I've had in my career. That's absolutely right. Two. You know He's on the wrong side of 20. But, hey, basically the two pitchers they got, him and uh, Carlos Portuando, uh, between those two guys, they're both middle what was relievers. That? Did I say Portuando? You know, I don't know. I, I don't have that flair like you do. Say it. Come on, say it. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. no. Put me on the, I want, you, I want you to give Portuando. it the flair now. There we 29 go. years old out of Cuba, man. That's what we're talking about. Hey, 29 years out of Cuba, but tell me this. The guy was signed last year as a 28-year-old. That's your first sign of saying, okay, well, he wasn't. He wasn't scouted when he was younger. Why not? Well, he wasn't that impressive in Cuba. Uh, he was going back and forth between starting and in the pen. And I think he had over a six ERA already um, while he was in Cuba. So, you know, he's a guy that they hope that could sit in the middle of the order. Um, or, excuse me, the, the middle of the middle of the uh, – I can't even talk, Dan. In the fifth or sixth inning. There we go. That's why I want to stay. I'm about to say you have to be able to talk to do this show. Yeah, I guess so. But – that's all you really need to know. They're two pitchers. They're middle relief pitchers. They're not going to be starters anytime ever in their career. They're not going to be closers anytime ever in their career. Hell, they're not even going to be setup men. If they do, hallelujah, you got the most out of them. And, and I like playing this game. Was it a win-win, win-lose situation? This trade. It was a win-win. Kind of boring. Win-win. I totally, I'm, I totally agree with you. Brandon Phillips, 35 years old. He could, he could still hit. Pretty old. He's all right. No, yeah, he, he had a good season last still year. Still a great glove. Yeah, still a great glove. Absolutely. This guy who has multiple Gold Glove awards. And not only that, the Reds get to finally get a chance to see what the young talent has. Specifically, right. Uh, their star out of Venezuela, and they finally got Jose Peraza. Yeah, and the Reds finally got rid of Brandon Phillips. Paid thirteen finally million dollars to get rid of him. him, but they get a little something in return. Mm-hmm. So they finally get him off the shelf. They get a little bit back. The Braves. What do they get? Phillips maybe sell a little bit of tickets maybe for a year or so. Oh, we also to to mention this. A big reason they got him because Sean Rodriguez, who they got from Pittsburgh, uh, went down with a big injury, and he's going to be out for a significant amount of time. So they had a void to fill in the infield, and so that was another reason to say, hey, well, why don't we try to go and get Brandon Phillips for a nickel and a dime? Nice, simple trade is what it was. Nice, simple trade. There was something that wasn't simple that happened. And that is Alex Reyes. Sam Ostrowski's man. Going down. That's upsetting. <sighs> Both of us had him in the top five. We projected him to be a top five prospect. He wasn't. He was just outside the top five via MLB pipeline. Doesn't this really hurt you? 
just just knowing that another young guy, you know, we see this all the time. It's a young star. He throws hard. You had him as the next front runner for rookie of the year. Absolutely. Did Vegas? Absolutely. Did Vegas have him as the front runner? Oh, I don't know. I haven't checked that. Yet. Rookie of the year? No, I don't you know about that. that. I haven't. One? I haven't. I haven't dig that deep into Vegas yet. But you know what? It, it really does suck to watch a guy like Alex Reyes, who is going to be probably the best arm rookie arm out of this season without a without a doubt. I mean, the Cardinals really need some help in their start and their you know with their starting pitching, and he was a big help for that. You know, Adam Wainwright, he's old. Michael Waka. Where, where's Michael Waka? He keeps going up and Cardinals down. Cardinals were looking to make some moves, man. They didn't sign Dexter Fowler for no reason. Exactly. So they were counting man. on Alex Reyes to really probably start the season at the back of the order, but work his way to where maybe he was their third pitcher. Hell, even maybe became their second starting pitcher. And if they even made if the playoffs, give him a year under his belt. Absolutely. You know, he already had he already had a, a decent amount under his belt last season, but he's still considered a rookie and. To not I, hate, be, I hate setbacks. I, it just sucks. For guys this young and this promising. And a Tommy John surgery this early. But maybe that's a good thing, too. Maybe that means... I don't know if it's a good thing. Okay, well, now you know what I mean, though. You know, he's younger. So he's going to have more time to recover. We've seen a lot of these guys who are younger and who... Tommy John surgeries are awesome nowadays in terms of getting back to full strength. Exactly. Being able to be the guy you were. Maybe even you're a little better. As a matter of fact, so I, well, uh, in a rare case, uh, a guy who comes to mind off the top of the head is Matt Moore, one of my favorite young pitchers when he came out. Loved him, and everyone said he had the the, the kind of pitching style where he could never get hurt. And boom, he goes down. To Tommy John hasn't quite been the same, but he's starting to finally show signs of that he's back since San Francisco got him. Maybe it's going to take Alex Reyes more time, but I hate to say it, are we going to forget about him now for a little while? I mean, sure. Let's be realistic. Only because probably. he won't be on your TV screen. He mm-hmm. won't be in the highlights this year. The most you're going to hear about him is about his progress. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, all is fine. But just because of that, because he won't be on your TV screen tossing up K's, he's going to fall in the background a little bit. But believe me, if everything goes well, and I hope it does once again, sooner or later you will remember and hear the name Alex Reyes a lot. At least here's to hoping for this young man's career. I absolutely believe the St. Louis Cardinals still have him as their next ace. He's the next guy that's going to open, be the opening day pitchers for year in, year out. That's the guy they're counting on big time. Speaking of guys who know how to pitch and know how to be an ace, you wanted to get to this. So we'll get to this. We're running against the clock already. Man, I'll tell you, these shows, boy, you look up at the board after we've done a segment or so, and it's like, all right, time to go. But yeah. we still, we still okay? can we go a little longer maybe. today? There's so much we want to get to. Specifically, there's a I've been sick so a, long. A lot I've to. been just laying down in bed, sneezing and coughing. I had nothing to do but to think about baseball and text him all the stuff that's been happening, which exactly. wasn't a lot, but it was decent stuff. You saw a video. It went on YouTube or something. No, it, 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 went, it went viral. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of it, it definitely went viral. I was sick. Hey, you this is what happens when I get sick. That's, I that's put okay. myself underneath a rock. <laughs> so Max Scherzer, you keep telling me this. Came out with this kind of a neat little interesting video. Yeah, it was maybe a minute. He was asked by reporters if, you know, basically how he felt about high schoolers being drafted and going straight into the minors versus college players going to the minors after having a few years under the belt in college ball. Um, if you don't know, Max Scherzer did go to college. And he really expressed That's the one thing we have in common. With one thing we have in common with him, and he really expressed how that really helped him develop as a player. And then he went in to kind of talk broadly about how saying 
he thinks just about every prospect should take the time to go to college and get that experience because more coaching, more time to develop is only going to help you. That's basically in a nutshell what he was getting to. And it got me thinking because this is a topic I've actually thought about a lot. See all these high school prospects that maybe even go and say, like, I don't know, say roughly the 10th round and they decide I'm going to go to the minors. I always sit there and I go, why? It's goofy. Why? I, I'm with you. Yeah, you know, and then okay, well, let's unless look at, you're a prodigy, like unless you're somebody a, like a Bryce Harper, right? Where you're that's just exactly out what I was going to get to. World, that's the only way I see it. If you're somebody who slightly promising, third or fourth round draft pick out of high school, they get excited. I, They're kids. I, I it's goofy to me. Yeah. No, it is goofy. I absolutely think they should go to college to develop themselves even more. It, it can only help realistically, unless you're set back by a huge injury or something, and. That's if the you're risk. meant for the show, you're meant for the show. Exactly. If you don't sign right away out of high school, if you have the opportunity to learn, like learn in college, don't learn in the minors because if it doesn't work out, then there goes your your amateur. There goes your career. Yeah, you can't be an amateur ball player anymore. Like you can't go back to college and play anymore because you took that label off yourself. You were you're once a pro, so that's against the rules, and. Go to college, maybe improve your draft stock, then get drafted. You learned a little bit there, hopefully. I would think so. And then if it's going to work out, then you pay your dues in the minors a little bit, and then you get to the show. And if it's meant to be, you're going to get there. I don't think by skipping college, you're going to necessarily quicken the process. No, and I think we, I guess what we're both getting at here is that we can both agree if it's someone who's there, he's ready, and it's out of high school. He's a first-round draft pick. There's no questions asked. He has the talent. He, you know, The coaching's right in front of him and the pros, and people are begging him to come. He could still make the decision to go to college, but in a case like that, you know, in a big bonus check in front of him, he's probably going to take it. And I'm not in – I don't think there's something wrong with it. I absolutely don't. But if there's a choice and you have a choice and you're on the fence, you should probably go to college. So that is another thing, actually. That we have in common with Scherzer, we believe that these young lads we, should be going to college. Are we? Are we Two basically? Are we basically best friends with Max Scherzer now? Yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. That's what I would say. All right, I'd be okay with that. Anyways, we're swinging this on into three up, three down. We are out of the central. It feels like we've been out of the central, the AL and NL central for like two years already. I know. We only skipped one episode of this segment. And it already feels like forever. You're right. Yeah, but we are in the wild, wild west. We apologize if we told you that we were going to the east. It's funny. You sent me a message a couple days ago saying, hey, we're, we're, we're breaking down the west, right? And I said, yeah. But then I kind of remember, maybe I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. On an earlier episode, I could have sworn that we said we were going to do the East next. Yeah, I don't know. You might be right. I forget what I said a couple minutes See, I still ago. Have so. an excuse. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride this Dan Collins sick thing for a while. <laughs> so I can I, I ride the weight on my face thing for a while? Yes, then too? you sure right. can. You look ridiculous, and it's lovely. Nice. Yeah. What I will say lovely. though is we're in the Wild Wild West. I chose to do the Oakland A's because ever since watching the movie Moneyball. And reading a little more into sabermetrics and just seeing seeing these stories being told, not only about the sabermetrics side, but actually hitting back into more of the Moneyball movie that holds a that whole David versus Goliath theme right. is really interesting to me. So that's why I chose the Oakland. Who Eagles. doesn't love a story like that? Absolutely. But Sam, you're gonna do the Diamondbacks. That's... You're really pumped about this, weren't you? I am super pumped about this, which is very unusual because everyone thinks the Diamondbacks organization is just making mistake after mistake. But 
I'm here to tell you, as I work for their single-A affiliate team, there's still some talent to be excited about. Well, let's go. Let's can I get it. going? Yeah, let's go. All right, all right, fine. Let's I'm going to drop as many names as I can because I'm so pumped up about this. Uh, but I am going to start the obvious prospect. Uh, someone who I got to see, thankfully, last season, Alex Young, the second-round draft pick for the Diamondbacks out of TCU. The lefty is stellar. You know what I really like about him? How many, what do you really like about him, Sam? You know, we see so many hard throwers uh out of the league now, you know, you got to throw hard as a kid. You got to, you got to learn how to throw your fastball. This guy's fastball touches 90, 91, maybe on a good day, on a really good day. So he knows how to pitch. He definitely knows. And I'm not going to go out there and say he's got stellar breaking ball stuff either. It's good. And it's, it's good enough. This guy just knows how to pitch. He does his homework. He loves the game and he knows how to paint the black. Damn it. You don't see those that often. You don't see the Greg Maddox-esque kind of pitchers that often. I'm not saying this guy's the next Greg Maddox because he's probably not. But he's someone to be excited about. Alex Young is the man. And there are a couple other pitchers to go along with him. Anthony Banda, another lefty in their organization. Uh, He's someone, definitely a standout pitcher as well. Uh, And Taylor Clark, he's another one. He's a right-hander. Um, who had actually had Tommy John surgery a few years ago, but is starting to really thrive and made it all the way to double A last season. Uh, so he's another, if you will, obvious prospect. Uh, the one thing, Dan, about the Diamondbacks, everyone keeps talking about, they do not have a single player on the top 100 prospect list. That sucks. That does suck. It does suck, and I can argue that they should have one or two. But in most cases, a lot of people don't like what the Diamondbacks are doing. They don't like Tony La Russa, maybe. And they're gonna say that's manager, that's what they get. But hey, oh boy, he's a baseball. Not, I don't know. He's been making some a few mistakes. But like I said, I'm here to comfort the Arizona fans just a little bit because there are there is still some talent out there. But I'm gonna move forward to <laughs> something that uh, might make a little more sense to the average fan is the bust. Sure. And I gotta go with a guy. Check out this name, ready? Striker Trahan. Pitcher? Oh no. See. Can't have a name called Striker and not be a pitcher in baseball. No, he actually started as a catcher. He was a first round draft pick in 2012. That could work. That could definitely work. And let me just do that or like a dodgeball player. Uh, yeah. Let me just put it to you this way. So he was in high A to start the season in 2016. And by the end of the season, I got to hang out with Striker because he came on back down to King County to play some low A ball. Striker! And you know what? The guy's had plenty of injury troubles, which is why he's no longer a catcher. You could catch him in the outfield now where he, oh, boy, he struggles. It was it Catch was, him outside. How about that? Oh, God. Oh, God. You're going there. Oh, we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. And we're going to move back to striker. Um, rough in the field. I'm just going to say it how it is. Um, I really, you know, he's one of those guys you feel for because he pulled his left hamstring, then he pulled his right hamstring. And he was supposed to be a stellar power hitter, if you will. Uh, from the left side of the plate and just could not get it going. He really can't. His his average and on-base percentage is, has been terrible, and the D-backs are still hanging on to him, still hoping for something that their 2012 first-round draft pick isn't totally a bust, but I'm sorry. He's there. He, he's in the bust category now. That's all right, because on the bright side, you have a diamond in the rough. I sure do. Well, look at that. Look at you with the transition. I try. Shit. I, do I don't my, even need to transi- transition myself. I Dan's do, got me. He knows I stumble a lot, so he knows I need his help every now and then. <laughs> I also know who you're going to talk about, unless you change it on me. Mm-mm, you know it. His name is Jared Miller. Oh, boy. I only got to see this guy for a short period of time, which is 
a great thing. These are all Kane County Cougars now, by the way. <laughs> they are. Besides <laughs> besides Anthony Banda. Besides Anthony Banda, he started in uh, High A at Visalia. No, it's not because a lot of their talent is really young. And you just saw it. There's no one. You just said they don't <laughs> They don't even have anybody on the top 100 list. So no, they Jesse don't. I can't blame you. They don't, which is why we're looking that much lower, which makes sense. Uh, Jared Miller, a left-handed pitcher out of Vanderbilt. Yeah, that's a good. Oh, that's always a good sign, right? When they pitch for Vanderbilt, powerhouse, good pedigree. Absolutely, he was, I, I think he was like their fourth or fifth starting pitcher too, and yet he's still he was drafted in the eleventh round. Uh, Jared Miller, he's huge. He's six seven. He's a big man. He's got a big fro too. His hat barely stays on him. So they moved him. So he struggled his first year, year and a half as a starting pitcher, right? So what happens then? You go to the bullpen. You go to the bullpen. You got it. So as soon as he hits the bullpen. That was probably the best decision any coach or manager could have ever made for him because he is stellar. He now has the stuff. You know, he's, he's one of those guys who, if you give him an inning, an inning, and a half, he's going to light it up with his stuff. It's unbelievable. And you know what's my favorite thing about him? What's your favorite thing about him? His he's lefty? Well, no, yeah, you know, that's great and all. But his ground ball to fly out ratio. This guy is ground ball after ground ball. I believe it was over 3.3 ground balls to a flyout. For a reliever. Absolutely. Oh, he turns two all the time, or it helps his infield incredibly. Uh, and he's a strikeout pitcher, to say the least. He doesn't walk anyone. This guy's where it's at. And the Diamondbacks, last I checked, needed a closer. They've yet to really try him at closer. I think he's only had five opportunities in his career, and he missed all five. <laughs> Which, you know, isn't, isn't the best sign, but hey, it's a small sample size. Uh, he's someone to be excited about and someone who was invited to spring training who just might make the opening day roster. Maybe. That's a big maybe. He still has time to brew. Three up, three, three down. down. You got it. That's it. That's it. I would love to keep going about my, my Kane County Cougar names, but I we guess. Give out season tickets next? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 Dan, I guess I could let you talk about those athletics. All right. So the name that I'm going to mention first and I, this is going to be my obvious prospect. You were a little surprised about. I don't know I was. Why, we're going to that maybe a little bit. But you were, perhaps. Franklin Barreto. You were expecting it to be a man called Puck. I did think that. The thing about Barreto is I like him because he is a great contact hitter with some pretty good raw power. And best yet, most appealing to me, I like a young guy, a good prospect, who could spray it around the field. He doesn't just pull. He he go to right center, left center, down third, down the first baseline. So that's what I like. He does lack great playmaking ability as a shortstop. Somebody in that position, you might want them to really hold it down. That is your guy. Especially we see a lot of top shortstops nowadays. They are awesome. You got to have a glove. With the glove. Have to have one. They're phenomenal in the field and phenomenal in the batter's box. He made 34 ears. In 84 games at short in 2015. Oh, so that's that's tough. And he is known to be a little aggressive at the dish sometimes. But if he could pick it up a little defensively, maybe even learn to play a different position, second base, perhaps maybe if that gets him up to the show quick enough. I like that he can make some contact, has a great hit tool, some solid raw power, could spray it around the field. I'm a fan of that. Now the bust. How many times have we talked about the rules of whether or not you can be a bust or not? I don't remember. He is no longer with the team. Or a million. I don't know. We've gone back and forth. We. It's just so <laughs> it's, hard. It, it is hard. Most time when you think bust, you have to look at 
I like to immediately look at the first round picks. Of course. Of the last few years. But now think about that. You can't necessarily consider somebody a bust who was drafted in 2015 and not really doing too much right now. We're only in the year tw- we're barely about to start the 2017 campaign. Right, so soon. in order to be considered a bust, I would say you'd have to be drafted first round 2013 or earlier. Fairly like like Trahan, he was 2012. So my man Michael Choice of the Cleveland Indians was drafted by the Oakland Athletics in the first round, 10th pick overall in 2010. Top 10 pick. Let me tell you this. He um, didn't pan out as a top 10 pick, you would say. In terms of, he played nine games with the Athletics. Nine professional games. He played 87 with the Texas Rangers. And then the rest are, and now he's going to Cleveland, and we'll see what he does in Cleveland. In his three years, 188 batting average. 253 on base percentage, 320 slugging percentage. Seven doubles, one triple, nine home runs. If you want me to do the math, that is 17 extra base hits, 22 walks, one stolen base. Yeah, and we are in the year 2017. He was a top 10 pick seven years ago. He just can't get it together. He had 609 games in the minors. He has 96 MLB career, and that those are the numbers I gave you. The 188 average, the 253 on base. It is 609 games in the minor leagues, which is a heck of a lot. 392 RBIs. That's about the biggest number you're going to see. Struck out 647 times. Oh, good. Had an average of 247, <laughs> on base percentage of 356. Just not really what you would consider a top 10 pick. No, you're kind of depressing so me. So I found a bust. You're, de- you're, you're, you're depressing me the, oh, a little bit with this one. So let me hear about that diamond in the rough. Yes. Oh, now you're going to transition me now. I had to do it. Rangel Revelio. All the flares back. Yes. It's Another back. man from Cuba. Drafted by the Chicago White Sox, my friend. How do you like that one? How do you like that one? In the sixth round of the same year, the same draft, 2010, out of Cuba, baby. I think the question is, how do you like that one? You know, because <laughs> they're not on your team anymore. The A's acquired him in the Jeff Samarja trade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, boy. Well, hey, remember when the Cubs got ass and Russell for him and Jason Hamill? It's it's unbelievable for half a season. Sometimes when you see these trades, and after this segment, we're going to get into a certain uh, trade that happened. It was kind of a remember when. Type of moment we're yeah, going to we get into. We still haven't given it a title, I guess. It, it, it could be like a remember when that's, type of that's, segment. That's not bad. But anyways, in 2014 in AA, he hit 309 and led the Southern League with 37 doubles. So when he was starting to come out of his shell a little bit, that's when the A's said, hey, we have a, an arm by the name of Jeff Samarja. We would like this Revelio out of Cuba. So ever since then, though, he's been hit the ground running. Strong offensive campaign in the Venezuela Winter League. And he is known to be patient at the plate. That's big for a young hitter. So that could possibly be the diamond in the rough. Somebody who, ever since being drafted, who's has been doing nothing but getting better and better at the plate. Rangel Revelio. 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 I'm having you got it. You got it's, it. It's rough. It's somewhat rough. Are you okay with that Is one? your diamond in the rough. <laughs> the bust. Michael Choice. Top 10 pick. Pff, goodness. And then Franklin Barreto. Great contact hitter who could spray it around the field. That does it for three up, three down. And now to sadly close out the show, because I'm having so much fun here. I'm happy we're back. Sam, you want to take me back 
Blast the Past. I do want to take you back. We did it once we before. We talked about Jeff Bagwell we that did, one We time. got the Jeff Bagwell one. This is the second Wade time Boggs was also this. included in that trade. He was. He sure was. So what's this trade you want to bring up? This Blast from the Past. Blast from the Past. Did it work? Who won? Whatever you want to call it. It involves your White Sox. Would you look at that? They've been mentioned one too well, many times. I was times. excited about this. One too many times. Yeah, you're going to like this one. So the White Sox decided to make a trade with the Cincinnati Reds. The Cincinnati Reds had this guy they got from the Los Angeles Dodgers who, you know, he was back and forth between the, the pros and AAA. He was still a prospect. No one quite knew what he was going to do. He was a catcher at one point. And a third baseman. And a third baseman. No one really knew where to put him. And then finally the White Sox said, we like what he has. We're going to make a trade for him. And they send Mike Cameron. You remember that name? Speedy center fielder. He wasn't bad. He was, he was a pretty good, he was a solid baseball player. In Absolutely. Fact, not to go on a rant about Mike Cameron. Player. If I'm not mistaken, he was on the Hall of Fame ballot for the first year, for his first year eligibility. He stole a lot of bases, too. And he did not get one vote, which is makes sense. He, so he's, he's not going to be a Hall of Famer pretty darn good. because he's yeah. not a Hall of Famer. But hey, how's about this potential future Hall of Famer? They trade straight up for Paul Canerco. That is the part. Wow. The captain, Paulie. Paulie. In my mind. Unbelievable. You could agree or disagree with this. Paul I, Canerco. I want to get into this Hall of Famer talk. This is, this is uh, the yeah, we were going to get into it. Uh, we, you know, we're all about prospects, uh, but uh, we're going to get into this. Well, you know, Paul Canerco was a prospect at the time. That's why we're doing this. Um, First off, who won that trade? The Chicago White Sox. Absolutely. They found their, one of the cornerstone members of the franchise for years and years, helped them win a World Series in 05. Absolutely. He was, and you would argue perhaps Hall of Famer. I would argue the most underrated player of all time, arguably. One of. Wow. One of. Don't you know, not the, the most, most one, one of, the of. Top five, perhaps? Most underrated Maybe. player I, I of would, all time? Yeah, I would really have to look into it. But I actually think, um, as far as the history of the Chicago White Sox go, he is one of the most historic White Sox players to ever live. He, oh, man. He did so much for them. If you they don't win the World team, Series without him. Forget Albert Bell with the whole oh. steroids and stuff surrounding him and the cork bat. If you made an all-Chicago White Sox team, hands down, he is your first baseman with the big hurt being your designated hitter. Right. It gets tricky there if That's, you had to yeah, pick. It does get tricky. I love Frank if Thomas. If you had to throw out the DH and who was the best ever White Sox first baseman, I don't know. I say Paul Canerco and I say Frank Thomas is the best designated hitter the White Sox ever had. He but regardless. He was more of a DH. Now let's get into this really quick before we end this end this episode. End this shebang. End this shebang here. Hall of Famer, Paul Canerco? I mean, you look at the numbers. 18 seasons, the majority with the White Sox. White All Sox two, I believe, right? Um, he was still a young lad for Dodgers and Reds. Yeah, he had a he had the six game stint in L, uh, the six game stint in L A in ninety seven, forty nine game stint in L A in ninety eight, and then ninety eight ninety uh, also in ninety eight twenty six games with the Reds. Didn't last too long there. Went straight to Chicago. So basically, yeah, the majority of his career, uh, South Side of Chicago, two seventy nine batting average, three fifty four on base percentage, four eighty six slugging percentage, and this is for his whole career. One thing that I want to point out here, 439 career home runs. And this is a man who his name never crossed the storylines with any type of steroid talk. Did he play in the steroid age? Yes, he did. But his name was never found within those stories or whatnot. 439. Damn near 440, almost just one shy of 440 career home runs. 1,400 
and 12 RBIs. A whopping nine stolen bases, by the way. Well, that was the fu- I'm so glad he <laughs> He always ran that. with a piano on his back. How oh, he got one, who thing. knows? I, I, there was nothing more I loved than watching Paul Canerco run the bases. It, it cracked me up. Unhitch the trailer, why don't you, PK? He was so slow. That's but, the, I guess that's the one you know downfall. You can't how about bases, this though? But. For since we're, we're gonna wrap, I'm gonna wrap it up and say he uh, see the bias come in. I wanted to say he just doesn't make the Hall of Fame, but I do think he is. Those numbers are deserving. Those numbers, I would have to actually look at it. Reflect of a, like a Ron Santos. I, I think he's better. Ron I think he's Santo, a better player than Ron Santo. If you believe that, and he has then a better Paul overall a resume than Ron Santo. He's also a World Series champion. Didn't win the World Series MVP. That was Jermaine Die that year. But I think he's a better. If you have like this all-time lifetime draft and you're starting, you and you're starting a new or whatever, however you want to put it, you're you're gonna draft Paul Canerico before Ron Santo. I think. Oh boy, yeah, we'd have to go back and forth about that's a close, very very close call in it my mind. Close. You know, I might have to go with good old Ronnie. But the thing is. You know, when you talk about those kind of guys, they meant so much to their team, too. Let's not forget that. I know it's not a yeah. statistic, but let's not forget what Paul Canerico meant to the Chicago White Sox. Unbelievable. He meant every— Unbelievable. No matter—even if you go to a game today, about 40% of the jerseys and jerseys that you're going to see are going to be 14. Paul Canerico. Yeah. They're going to be Paulie. More than Frank Thomas, more than anyone else. Hell of a baseball player, hell of a fan favorite. We're going to wrap it up here now. Maybe he makes the Hall of Fame. Maybe he Maybe. Doesn't. You know what? I hope he does. He a, I will say that. I hope he does. He was a freaking awesome player. Favorite moment is when he gets drilled in the face and comes right back up to the dish next time around. Home run. See you later. What a freaking beauty. But that's going to wrap up episode seven. We're back. We made it. Sorry we're a day late and a dollar short, but we are here, Sam. We are here. And did you? we got to tell them the people that saw our social media giveaway. Yeah. Yes, because you know one. you know that you can find us on Facebook, Diamond in the Rough Podcast, and at Twitter on Twitter at Diamond Podcast. You can also email the show, Diamond in the Rough Podcast at gmail.com. Did you send out the baseball cards we promised to send out? It's President's Day, so the post office is closed. Ah, okay. I am sending them tomorrow. Well, we did have a winner. Do you have the name of the, the winner? Who's yeah, you know, I had to pull it up. Now? It was Julio. I can't remember his last name, but he was from California. Look at that. On Facebook. Thank he was, you, he Julio was, from California. Special shout out to you, man. He you was, won some baseball cards. He did. And then on Twitter was Pat Evans. That one I could say. Okay. So I yeah, remember his Twitter name. and a Facebook. Page. We did have two giveaways, and let's nice. say this: you expect more and even better prizes. Yeah, we'll the say prizes that. We'll are going to get there. nothing but cooler and cooler and cooler. So that gives you another reason to keep on sticking around and following the podcast. One more time: Diamond in the Rough Podcast on Facebook. It's at Diamond Podcast on Twitter. He was Sam Ostrowski. I'm Dan Collins. Saying so long. We're gonna catch you next week on the Diamond in the Rough Podcast.